So the, the, the parasha this week is Vayikra. So I tried to connect Vayikra with this whole idea. So I think the key of Vayikra is the first word, where we have the little Aleph, and Moshe is making it like Vayikar. What's the difference from Vayikra and Vayikar? Vayikra is, is a purpose, purposeful. Hashem is calling out to Moshe with purpose. And Vayikar is haphazard. Hap, 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 what's the word? Haphazard. Yeah, that it just happened. So we see the difference between Moshe. We see the difference between Moshe and with uh, with uh, Bilam. Vayikar is it just happened, as if it just happened that Hashem came to Bilam. It wasn't is uh, mm-hmm. so, so Moshe doesn't want to make him seem special. So himself special. So he changes Vayikar Vayikra with a little Aleph as if he should be Vayikar. But I think the difference of Vayikra and Vayikar is a huge difference when it comes to Bnei Israel and Amalek. We see how that plays. So we have this week, we have the requirement this week, Zahor. We read Zahor this week. Zahor et asher Amalek Remember what Amalek did to you on the road. When you left Egypt. So you have to remember what Amalek did. He's the one who started with us when, uh, when everyone was afraid of us. We have... In uh, Az Yashir, we write, Az Nihalu Edom. All the people of Edom were shaking. And uh, Amalek is one of Alufe Edom. Right. So why isn't he shaking? We say, Namogu Why is Amalek willing to go after you? Question. So, Asher Karcha Baderech. And that word, Asher Karcha Baderech, is a, is a strange word. So we see that uh, what's the, what is the Kar is from cold. From the word kar, cold. So it says that that uh, Rashi brings. What was his power? He cooled them off. If not for him, no one else would have started with Bnei Israel. The Gemara writes, Rashi Goyim Amalek. The head of the Goyim, the first of the Goyim, is Amalek. And the question is. But you know, Amalek are really distant cousins of ours anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't have been around if it wasn't for us. So remember, Timna. Is refused by, by the Abraham Yitzchak Yaakov. So Timna ends up going to Esav, becomes a conc- a concubine, and the child. Right then we have Eliphaz, mm-hmm. and Eliphaz, or Eliphaz with Timna, Eliphaz is the one that you see good in him. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's mm-hmm. the one he doesn't kill Yaakov. At the same time, he's negative in him. And who's the father of Elif? Who's the son of Eliphaz? Amalek. So you see, really, it's a it's a cousin, really a cousin. So it says, so what's the secret about Amalek that makes him fearless? The Midrash blames Amalek for making uh, all the other nations not afraid of us. Yeah. So he's the grandson of Esav, the son of Eliphaz. Amalek, he chased the stragglers. Rashi said, the people uh, who did not do the right thing. Meaning they weren't within the cloud. They were beyond the cloud. Those are the ones he attacks. Amalek would catch each one and oppress. So we have three mitzvot when it comes to Amalek. We have Zachor, to remember. Remember with the mouth. We have to take the Torah out. That's what we're so do. the stragglers were stragglers not just physically but, but, but morally. It means spiritually. Yeah. Spiritually. Interesting. Otherwise they would have been in the cloud. That's, that's what he's saying. So he says that we have mitzvah de to take out the Torah. It's the only time we have mitzvah de to take out the Torah. 
Saturday, Monday, and Thursday, the only reason we take out the Torah is because the rabbis told us. The only time we have during the year mitzvah deoraita to take out the Torah is to read Pashad Zachor for Amalek. Other than that, it's all the Rabbanan. Why? Only Zachor that you're obligated to hear and only from the Torah. Why can't I just get up and say, I remember Amalek? Why can't I have a sign on the wall that says, remember Amalek? Why do I need to hear it specifically from the Torah? Why can't I just, you know, look at the wall, go back to sleep? There's also Lota said, don't forget, which is a problem because how can I command someone not to forget? It's natural. Either I forget, I forget. You can tell me not to forget. It's the only mitzvah taseh that you have to do and have a command not to forget. Either you forget, if you have a bad memory, who are you going to blame? It says, and then, you know, it says the Gemara says the person who eats olives will forget. So tell me, okay, you're not allowed to eat olives, so then you won't forget. Why specifically commandment not to forget? Therefore, will be when Hashem grants you respite from all your enemies. So that means when we get into Eretz Yisrael, the third mitzvah is wipe away Amalek, destroy them. It's the maftir that we read. Uh, we, we, uh, we read also we read Purim before the Megillah. This the, the part from Beshalach, the same story but just from a different place. Because um, I think we read this one in. Uh, we read the the Haftara, we read from Kiteser, right? And then the in Purim we read Vayavo Amalek Vayilachem Al Yisrael Berefidim. Amalek came and fights with Yisrael Berefidim. Hashem says to Yeshua, go pick out men. And again we see, Machar Anochi Nitzav Al Rosh Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the mountain. So the concept of of of, of genocide is really not a um, sacrilegious concept to to to, to the Kaddish Baruch anyway seems to be here, right? And that's just, you're going to see something interesting that this is really was the sin of the sin of Shaul was not being able to, to fulfill it, right? So after Moshe sends Yoshua to battle Amalek, then we see a strange comment: Vayachalosh Yoshua et Amalek. He only was able to weaken them. This is what happened. He was able to get rid of their strongest warriors, but the weak ones he left. Why did he leave them? He left them for Machar. What does that mean? For tomorrow. <laughs> what do you mean he left them for Machar? So Hashem tells Moshe, write this as a remembrance in the book. What book? I guess the Torah. Besim be'oznei Yoshua, place in the ears of Yoshua. Why Yoshua? Ki macho imche et zecher amalek. Because I will, Hashem writes, I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek. So if Hashem's going to wipe it out, what do I have to do anything for? Why are you telling Shaul Amalek to go kill them if you're going to be the one to kill them? What do you want from... You just said you're going to do it. It says that... It says... It says that I'm going to destroy Amalek. Hashem hates them. He swears. It says that Hashem's chair is kiseh. That's why it says kiyad al kes, not kise. The hand is on the chair, but the chair is incomplete because it's spelled kaf samach without the aleph. Kiyad al kets ya, and Hashem's name is incomplete because it should be yud ke vav ke, because as long as Amalek is there, Hashem's chair is incomplete, and Hashem's name is incomplete. Wow! It's Amalek that holds that back. So Amalek must be, must be, they have big zuchut on the negative side. Ah, exactly. They have big negative power, right? Where's the source of the power? Exactly. 
The throne is referred to by the shortest form, this I'm bringing from Rashi, Ketz rather than Kitzeh, and the letters Yud K are a contradiction of Hashem's name rather than the full Yud K Vav K. So Rashi writes, Hashem swore that his name is not whole, nor is his throne whole, until the name of Amalek will be completely eradicated. When Amalek's name will be eradicated, the name of Hashem will be whole, and the throne of Hashem will be whole. We often have the Kiseh, that you'll, if you start to notice in the Tefillah, anytime you see the word Kiseh, it refers to Hashem ruling, and anytime that Hashem is not on the Kiseh, it's a, it's a problem. That's why when we pray, we pray Tishkom Betok Shalayim Al Kiseh, it's all, that's the whole idea that Kiseh means Hashem is ruling. So the rabbis teach that Mashiach is going to come destroy Amalek. When is the obligation? When we're in Eretz Israel, And when we have peace with everyone else, peace with all our enemies. And today we don't even know who is Amalek. And even if we knew who it is, we have two conditions to fulfill. That we're living in Eretz Israel and we have peace with everyone else. Otherwise we can't do anything about Amalek. So the, the, the interesting thing, I heard a story that I brought this story some years ago. And there was a, a guy in Lakewood and uh, a couple, an older couple, went through a stop sign. And they didn't stop, they just went right through the stop sign and he came and he hit them and they both died. And the guy was mortified that he killed two people. So he didn't know what to do and he was so bothered by it that they sent a, a question to Rav, Rav, Rav Kanievsky and said, you know, what do we do with this guy? He's just so mortified he killed two people, two old people in Lakewood. And, you know, even though it wasn't his fault and the cop said it wasn't his fault and the old people went through the stop sign, he was 100% not his fault. What do we do? The Amalek. And Rav Kanievsky said, I think they're from Amalek. And the guy said, well, I think they're from Amalek. <laughs> Everybody could be from Amalek. What happens? Well, the people died, so their kids didn't live in Lakewood. They figured they're going to sell the house. So a few weeks later, they put up the house for sale. They put up a house for sale, and nobody did anything. An open house, as it is. Nobody came to do anything. They come into the house, and they see in the, in the basement, there's a whole room with Nazi paraphernalia or whatever, whatever. Wow. It says that, you know, Nazi newspapers, posters, everything, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. So it says that, okay, maybe, you know, Robert Tanievsky knew. It says, but it's not a mitzvah today. Uh, you know, we, we can't even look for... Uh, Amalek, it's, it's supposedly the job of Mashiach. So, so, I mean, I think I was saying to you the other day that to kill Jews, you've got to have big zahut. And so Hitler really had tapped this Amalek zahut from it's, the negative side. Exactly. So what, what, what is this, the power to kill? Where does the power to kill originate? And that's really where we're going to see the answer, this power to kill. So we see Vayom and Shmuel, and we go to the Haftarah for this week. So the Haftarah for this week relates to the same story. He says, Hashem sent me to anoint you as Mashiach. You are the Mashiach. The Melech, as the king. Al Amor, Al Yisrael. Is Shemuel to David Amelech? No, to Saul. To Shaul. To Shaul. And now listen, they call the Vrei Adonai, to the words of God. This is what God says. I remembered what? Amalek did to Israel. Who they laid in wait for them when they left Egypt. Now, lech go. Amalek and strike Amalek. it call Asher and destroy everything that is his. you should have no pity on him. you should kill from man to woman. Me'olel 
from the infant to the one who's suckling, mishod ve'aser, from the cow to the sheep, migamal ve'ad hamod, from the camel to the donkey. No, no room for doubt, right? Kill everyone, even the little babies. It says that, you know, difficult to stomach. How are you telling me to wipe out not only your people, but all the animals, everything that they have? Vayishma Sha'ul, and Sha'ul heard etam, and uh, he calls together the people, Vifkidim, and he counted them in Tilaim, Vataim Elif, there are 200,000 foot soldiers, Vasirid Alafim, and 10,000, Et Ish Yehudah, just from Yehudah alone. Vayavo Sha'ul ad Ir Amalek. So Sha'ul comes to the city of Amalek. We don't know what that city is. Right? Vayarev Banachal. He fights in the valley. Concerning the valley, he argued included it for the sake of one soul. So he says, what does it mean? It says, interesting. It says, Vayarev Banachal. He was, he was arguing in the Nachal. It means he was arguing with himself. He couldn't understand that, that he says, our rabbis concluded concerning the value that Shaul argued and concluded, if for the sake of one soul, the Torah says, decapitate a calf in the valley. Right, meaning if you have a guy who's died between two cities, you have Eglarufa. He says, How much more for the sake of all these souls? If man sinned, what did the animals sin? So Shaul HaMelech is arguing with himself and saying, I don't understand what I'm being asked to do. So his arguing in the Nachal is this he's considering this battle and he doesn't understand how is it possible that God could send him to do this. The Gemara says Shaul had doubts. Hashem is merciful. I don't understand this concept. It says so. Shaul said to the Kini. Shaul el Hakini. So Shaul says to the Kini. These are the descendants of Yitro. It says Get away from the Amalek. Go away from them. Blessed I gather you among them. and you Asita Chesed in You did. A kindness with all Bnei Yisrael when they left Egypt and the Keni got up and they moved away from Amalek they separated from themselves what does this have to do with the man in the moon why do we need to know this why do we need to know this detail in the battle and thousands of years later does this have anything to do with anything sorry what were you going to ask the numbers that you're talking about the army is it 210,000 how much 210,000 Soldiers. It's a huge for those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge by huge. today. By yeah. today is right. I mean, how do you how do you support huge army? Only how do you, for, we're how only do you going, feed them? How do you? We're going for one quick battle. Vayach Shaul at Amalek and Shaul smites Amalek, Machavila from Chavila until Shur Asher Al Penei Mitzrayim. He seizes Agag, the king of Amalek, alive, and all of the nation. He destroys with the sword. So the only one we know is alive is Agag. And the animals. We don't know that yet. And Shaul and the nation have pity on Agag. And on the best of the sheep and the cattle. And all that was so on the on the Hamishnim is the fat the fat uh, sheep, Baal Hakarim, all of the the I don't know is fatlings and fat sheep, Baal Kol Hatov and all of the good. They did not want to destroy them. 
nemibza v'namis, and everything which was vile and feeble, that they destroyed. So what did they do? They went in, they killed all the people, and then they selected any good cows, any good cattle, any good sheep. We sat on the side. All the crap you want, we killed. And the word of the Lord came to Shmuel saying, Nichanti, I regret that I made Shaul the king. Because he returned from in front of me, from behind me. My words he did not fulfill. And Shmuel was shaken, he was distressed. He cried to God all night. You know, I appointed Shaul, he's my boy. Now you're going to tell me. Uh, he says, Hashem appears, he regrets that he did this. This is the end of Shaul. What did he do? What was so bad? Why so upset? Shmuel crying all night. Seems that 99% of what Shaul was supposed to do, he did. Shaul never had a sin in his life. What's the tragedy? That this goes till the next day. So Shaul gets, Shmuel gets up the next morning to greet Shaul, and they said to Shmuel, saying, Ba Shaul Shaul is coming to Carmel, he's setting up a place for himself, and he went down and he passed, he went to the Gilgal. So Shmuel comes to Shaul, and Shaul says to him, Blessed are you to the Lord. I have, fulfilled, I have fulfilled the word of Hashem. He's congratulating himself. Boom, 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 boom. I did it, baby. He says, Shmuel says, And what is the sound of all these sheep in my ears? The kolabakar and the sound of all of the cattle that I hear. Shaul says, I brought them from Amalek. Because the nation felt bad. On the best of the sheep and the cattle. Excuse number two. It, first it was the nation felt bad for the best of the cattle, but not only that. They brought them only to sacrifice them to Hashem. And everything else, we killed. So it says, now the Amalek had converted themselves into animals, no? So that's one of the opinions because we have the problem where does Amalek come from later on. So now the, the question you have here is this the sole reason for Shaul HaMelech losing the kingdom? We know that Shaul commits what, what we perceive to be a much, much worse crime. Like going to the witch of Endor? No, even that was, that was at the end of his life, last day. But yeah, that, that could be a rough, rough one. But, and it says Shaul never sinned. What was the worst crime he did? It says the story of Nov, Ir HaKohanim. Yeah. So it says, David HaMelech runs to Nov. They feed him. They give him weapons. They give him actually the bread from the showbread, the showbread right? Yeah. Doeg sends word to Shaul. And Shaul judges the city and as rebellious. And kills all the Kohanim. And he kills everyone in the city. All the Kohanim. Every man, woman, and child. Only one guy, Evyasar survives the massacre of Nov, who's direct descendant of Hophni and Pinchas. He joins David, ultimately becomes a Kohen Gadol under him. At the end of his life, David's son, Adoniyahu, attempts a coup to prevent Shalomo from succeeding 
David HaMelech, if Yasar joins Adoniyahu, and as a punishment, he's exiled from Yerushalayim. So in this case of Nov, it seems to be premeditated murder. All the Kohanim. Mm. So, so why is this the reason? Now, even if you're going to tell me that, so I was looking to say, Ralbad, Radak, they bring, why isn't this listed as among his sins? And they say because this city was traitorous. They were a traitor city. And they would judge as a city, you know, that you have in the Torah, a city that's a rebellious city, you have to go destroy everyone in the city. Now, in this case, Shaul HaMelech had no problem going into a Jewish city because they gave bread to David HaMelech and killing, killing everyone, every man, woman, and child. But with Amalek, he had a problem. There he was merciful. So that's part of my problem that I was looking. I, how do you say that he just had this merciful heart that he couldn't do it? Because we see a part of him didn't. Sounds like an like Ed of Rav today. They, they make concessions to, to Palestinians, but, but stick it to Jews. So, Shmuel Shaul. So, Shmuel says to Shaul, Stop already. I'm going to tell you. What Hashem said to me at night. So, he said to him, Speak. Shmuel says, Even if you are small in your own eyes, because we know that he was. Uh, Trying to hide out here. <laughs> we know that he was very, very humble. He was a very humble person. Must be Moshe. No, uh, Shaul HaMelech. So basically what we did so far, just to give you a quick uh, point. problem with this. Can you help me kind of so, see the so, light here? So one of the problems is this. That we talked about in other years. It's, I don't know if it relates to specifically to Amalek, but maybe it does. That, that where, where, remember that uh, after... Adam Harishon sins, mm-hmm. and then he sees his son sin, and he asks his son, how are you still alive? He said, he said that I, uh, I, I did Teshuvah, right? So he says, what do you mean, did Teshuvah? So he says, Mizmor Shilin Shabbat, Tov Lehodot Ladonah. It's good to admit to God. So one of the problems that we always bring with Shaul HaMelech is when he's pressed, just like Adam is pressed. And God said to him, Hamin ha'etz, did you eat from this tree? And what does he say? The woman he gave me. So what does Shaul say? The people. Ah, and when the people's not a good enough answer, what does he say next? The beautiful animals. And then he keeps going. So he's not able to admit that he made a mistake. The difference between him and David is when Natan Navi comes to David and he says to him the whole story about X, Y, and Z with Bathsheba, remember, with, sure. with, the, with the sheep? He says you should kill the owner of the the owner of the of the sheep who killed the, the owner the poor, of the, the who killed the poor guy, poor man's sheep. He says, you're the man. What does David Amelech say? I sinned. The difference. Yeah, but, but David was an intellectual. Ah, but but here Shaul is Shaul supp- wasn't really intellectual. Shaul is supposed to be the ultimate of ultimate. Three. Hmm? He said never sinned. Anyway, let's just see what he says. So he said now, so I says, So even though you think you're humble, he says to him, I appointed you the head of the tribes. Hashem appointed you to be the king. That means you have to be the one. You are the Mashiach. Hashem anointed you. Hashem sent you. And he said, go and destroy the sinners, all of Amalek. And you have to fight against them until you utterly destroy them. Why do you listen to God? 
Why didn't you? Why didn't, why didn't you? you why, why did you not listen to God? Vataat el hashalal, and you, uh, you you felt bad for the uh, spoils. Vataas hara, you did evil dene Hashem. Say you want, admit it, admit the truth. You wanted the sheep. I don't think he did. I don't think so. I think he was just confused. He just couldn't compute why the Karosh Baruch Hu would want him to commit genocide. So he had doubt? Yeah, he had ah. doubt. Mm. So the he problem doubt. was... But that, that's the, the that I think is going to be the answer. That you just was, said the word that is really going to be. The problem was not that he, 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 he uh, did something not right. It was that he didn't admit... I, I, that's one of that was the one we, one years back when we went through the, the, that was that the problem that he didn't admit it says it says that a person who admits right is uh, you, you admit you say you're sorry Hashem forgives you so God's not expecting perfection even from somebody as high as the king seems that's one possibility but here we're going to see a whole the Arizal brings a whole different when the Arizal compared him to Adam Arishon that was that was the lesson. That a person, modeve ozev, the Gemara says, modeh, admit, ozev, leave the sin, yerucham, you'll be forgiven. That was one thing. But now we're seeing a different view from, now really he's explaining, the, the way the Arizal went this way, is explaining where, where Amalek is and what's Amalek's position in the world. So he says, Shaul el Shmuel. So Shaul turns to Shmuel. He says, Asher shamati Adonai. I did listen to God. And I went in the path that God sent me. And I brought Agag, the king of Amalek. And I destroyed Amalek. You should congratulate me. Tell me, no, you failed. He says, what do you mean I failed? I succeeded. No, you failed. Absolutely. I listened to everything you said. He says, why are we recording all this? It almost seems like you're in school. And you have the teacher and you have the student, and they're arguing back and forth. Why is this whole conversation here? And then Shmuel basically says to him, you want Agag dead? Here, with your permission, right? He's in front of you, do what you want. I give you the pleasure, what did I do wrong? And the people took from the spoil. Ah, so everything didn't go to be sacrificed, they took. So now he's saying to him that the people, now he's not even admitting he had anything to do with it. The people took the best of the animals. Why did they take it? Because well, you brought them. They're going to sacrifice them to God in Gilgal. Yeah, sure. He says, and what does he call Hashem? La Hashem Elohecha. Whoa. That's Whoa. big now. Yeah. Now, how could you call Hashem Elohecha, not Hashem Elokeinu? That's a big statement, a big word that Shaul says. So you see something now is incredibly, incredibly wrong. Does God really care about sacrifices? He doesn't care. He wants you to listen to what he says. He says it's better to bring, to listen to God than to bring all of these sacrifices. Hashem doesn't want, he, he doesn't want you to lie. Even if you weren't lying, he says, even if you were telling the truth, I know, I'm the Navi, I know that what you're saying is not true. This is what he's saying, Shmuel Navi. Rebellion is as the sin of divination. It's interesting that you said what was the sin later on, that he goes to the witch. He says that, he says, this is, it continues accusations. You make Hashem's words cheap, you're disgusting. 
So finally now, when he's completely caught red-handed, when the kid is in front of the class and they show him the videotape of everything he did wrong, now Shaul turns to Shmuel and says, I sinned. I, I didn't listen to God's word and your word. But still not my fault. I was afraid of the people. And I listened to their voice. Again, he can't accept even, even he when he accepts. Everybody? He killed yeah. everybody, but he kept all of the animals alive. Okay. And, and he and kept, he the kept king, Agag, the king, the king alive. alive. So, so the, the Midrash says that Amalek is reborn through Agag, who had relationship with a, relations with a woman at night while he was in prison. And that's how come we still have Agag. But we, it's hard to understand that way. Because we still have Agag later on. I wrote in here, we have Agag in the time of David HaMelech. I mean, we have Amalek in the time of David HaMelech. Where do they all come from? So another opinion is that the secret of Amalek was they knew witchcraft. They're the key witchcraft people. They knew how to transform themselves to put their souls in the animals. So they escaped through the animals that they didn't kill. That's why Hashem said, kill every animal. I see. And because they were able to hide in the animals, whatever that means, we see even 20 years later, there's a whole nation of Amalek again. Where did they come from 20 years later? It couldn't come from one guy. It's an amazing concept, you know, really, that they're, because uh, they are made up of matter besides the yeah, spiritual. Yeah. So somehow they're able to trans- transform the matter. But we see even the Gemara talks about uh, things like that. So he says, so he says he fears the people. So he says, uh, okay, now you have to forgive my sin. me, come to me, come with me. I'm going to bow to Hashem. Come with me. You have to, I need your help now. Now remember, Shmuel stayed up all night crying for him when Hashem told him and praying to Hashem, no, don't let this be. Hashem said, I'm sorry. It's over. I'm not coming back with you because you disgusted me by not listening to God. And God was disgusted. He rejects you. From being the king of Israel. So Shmuel turns to go. So what does he do? Shaul grabs his coat. And it tears. It says, Shmuel says to him, God has torn away the kingdom of Israel for you. Hayom. Today. And he gives it to your fellow, your brother, basically, who's better than you. The strength of Israel would neither lie nor repent. It says that you can't. You're a liar. Once you're lying, I can't accept you. You're just worthless. So again, he tries. Come on, you got to forgive me. I admit it. Now honor me in the presence of the elders of my people. The Neged Yisrael, the Shuvim, come with me. And Shaul bowed down to Hashem. Only Shaul bows, not Shmuel. He's not connected to him. And Shmuel says, Come to me, bring to me. They brought him Agag uh, from the prison. Surely the bitterness of death has turned. So he knows his life is over Agag. He thought he was going to stay alive. 
So I said, so, so the, the interesting thing here is Shmuel is going to kill him, but it seems too late. So when I was looking at this, I was, I, I was telling Moshe before, there's some aspect of Mahar. And I was trying to understand what this idea of Mahar is. And I saw there was a class Rav Hutner gave many, many years ago. I found another rabbi who basically says he's giving a class on what Rav Hutner gave, but I didn't listen to it yet. It's on uh, YU has uh, their, their site. So I'm going to God willing listen to it. Says that so says that Mahar is for the Jewish people. Hayom is for the Goyim. The Goyim can't wait. And I said the idea of Hayom and Mahar is also relating to Adam Harishon's sin. Adam can't wait until eat till tomorrow, till Shabbat. He has to eat today. So always for Bene Israel the success is Mahar. This tomorrow will be the success. We see in the Megillah again and again this concept of Mahar. She she tells she tells Hashverosh. Uh, uh, Come to the party that I will make machar. What, what, what do you want? I will tell you machar, what I want. Then she says to him, again he says, what do you want? Machar, can the Jews of, uh, of uh, the city of uh, Shushan, tomorrow can they kill? And then what are we going to do? Machar, we're going to hang Haman and his sons. All of these things are machar. So this idea of machar is, is, is really, he says, but when, when it comes to Amalek, it has to be hayom. Because Amalek lives Hayom. So they had to kill Amalek Hayom. Mm-hmm. Once you pass Hayom, sometimes in life we have an opportunity to do something. And once the opportunity, the time is over, we can't fix it. They had an opportunity to destroy Amalek Hayom. By Shaul waiting to Machar, there's no destroying Amalek. Okay, but I, I'm curious what he's going to say. It says, but he, he, this is what I, I saw that from what he writes. He says, while Esav's realm is Olam Hazer and Gashmiut, Yaakov's portion is Olam Haba and focused on Ruchniut. Esav is powerful today and appears as though he is winning in the world. But ultimately, Yaakov has the power of tomorrow and will win over Esav. Purim is a time when we experience that element of Machar. Winning over Amalek is Yaakov triumphing over Esav. Interesting. Okay. Shmuel said, as the sword bereaved, so now he kills Agag. He cuts him into pieces. He cuts Agag into pieces. But and he, that's the Haftarah that we're going to read on Shabbat with this. That's the Haftarah that we read in Shabbat Zahor. Sir? Forgive me, but Please. so he waited till the next day, but, and he killed him. Shmuel Hanavi kills him. Killed him. Chops him up into pieces. What, was it a, maybe, are they saying perhaps. In the interim, the midrash he slept, says he's, he's the slept midrash, with a woman. Or the something? midrash specifically says that overnight he slept with a woman, and that's where the descendants, because we have Haman, Haagagi. Haman is a descendant of Agag. What do you mean he's a descendant of Agag? We killed Agag and all of his relatives. No, that night while he was in prison, he slept with a woman, and that woman has children, and that becomes. Haman. It's amazing. The guy doesn't miss, uh, miss Not even <laughs> night in jail. But he never thought he was going to be dead, and they must have put him into, you know, they didn't put him into prison. Where did they put him? House arrest. They put him into house arrest, and, the, you know, he's the king still. They're giving him honor. And maybe, maybe Shaul was worried what they might do one day. But look at what happens to Shaul when, when he thinks he's going to get caught. What does he do? Shaul loses the war. He's injured, and he's worried that they're going to capture him, the police team. So what does he do? It is but sons kill him. He makes the 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 guy no the the arm bearer the arm bearer push him. He says I can't kill myself. Right. I'm not able to do it. 
So he puts his sword, he says, I can't do it. Push the sword into me to kill me. And this arm bearer comes back to David HaMelech, hero. I killed Shaul. And David HaMelech, you killed Shaul. Boom. So Shaul is afraid if he falls into enemy hands, what's going to happen to him? But on the same time, look how nice he treated. But then he ends up killing him. He's worried that they're going to do that to him. So he says, so, so now, uh, so I, I wrote here, this, this was the problem I had. I said that David HaMelech, later on, you see, the Amalek, he says, he says, with regard to Amalek, they were spread out across the face of the entire land, eating and drinking and celebrating with all the great spoils they had taken from the land of the Pilishtim and the land of Yehuda. This is from Shmuel. David conquered them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not one survived except 400 youth who were riding camels and fled. Anytime we have the idea of riding camels, we always have the image of Satan riding a camel in Gan Eden. That's the, the image the Zohar talks about. That's why Eli- Eliezer is the Gilgul of the Nachash riding the camel with regard to the whole Rachel. Oh, that was a, Eliezer. Yeah. Eliezer is the Gilgul of Nachash. I thought he was a good guy. He's who's the son of Nimrod. Nimrod. Yeah. He has within him the Nachash. He's the one who's metaken the aspect of Nachash by not so sleeping is with Rachel. Also, is Nimrod also? That's why he's accused of sleeping with Rachel. Oh, Rivka, Rivka. Sorry, Eliezer. I'm, Nimrod has I'm, within him the Nachash. Did Nim, Nimrod have within him the Nachash? The Nachash, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did Eliezer. Eliezer, his son, has within him the Nachash. He came to try to metaken with, that, with Abraham Avinu. The, the test of being metaken, the Nachash, was being the Nachash, riding the camels, going to get Rivka, who was a Gilgul of, of Chava, and then not touching her. Wow. And so, that's why he's accused of touching her on the way back. And that's why she fell, falls off the camel. Son, so basically when she falls off the camel... A sign of Betulah, her blood, she hit the tree. Right. And the blood against the tree that she broke her hymen, she hit the tree. So now she comes back, she's going to marry Yitzchak, but she's not a virgin. So they think Eliezer slept with her. This is all from... All from, from Midrash, but all of this goes through all the Zohar, is based on this. Goes back, he says, no, we're going to go check. And there was a miracle that the blood was still there on the tree. Mm-hmm. That was the sign of Betulah. And that's why Eliezer, what happens to him at that point... He's, he's completely overcome his aspect of the Nachash, and he goes to heaven alive. He's one of the people who goes to heaven alive. So the Nachash always is the image is of the Nachash the riding. Midrash or the Zohar? The Zohar talks about it, but I'm sure there's a Midrash for sure. I mean, we can Google the Midrash. I mean, whenever I read the, mid- just Google, the Zohar, I can hardly understand. Oh, but just Google Midrash, Eliezer, Snake, whatever, you'll find it. Right. Okay, so it says, Now David HaMelech went up and made raids against, raids against the Gishurites, the Grizites, and the Amalekites. Again, we have, uh, Amalek is still around. So it says, Long after David, in the time of Chizkiyahu, 500 from Shimon annihilated the last remnant of Amalek that escaped on Har Seir and settled in their place. That's in Divrei uh, HaYamim. So you see, it keeps coming. There's Amalek. We don't know what's going on. Now let's just jump to Megillat Esther. So after these things, means if there's the whole thing, Bigtan and Teresh, then who becomes a head? Haman. And it says, Haman, he, he raises him up, and Haman makes for himself, he says, Now again, chair. The whole idea of Hashem is he's not on the throne. Malik throws him off the throne. Who has the throne? 
Haman. And Haman's chair is even higher in the parliament than Ahasuerus. He has the highest chair in the parliament. He's the overseer of the parliament, mm. and Ahasuerus sits on the, the other highest side. Chair. That's the the Gemara tells us that he had the highest chair. And why did he allow it? Ahasuerus is the question. Is this in the, the Masachat Megillah? Must be. Everyone who has to bow down to Haman. So the question is why? Why did they have to bow down? Why does the king order everyone to bow to Haman specifically? Mordechai refused. So the Midrash says that he was wearing a statue or whatever the other reasons. But the text says he refused to bow down. Haman says that there's a people who are strange. He wants to destroy. Why does he want to destroy them? Because he hates Mordechai. Eventually, he says, the, eventually, there's a, so there's a Gezerah against Bnei Israel, they're going to be destroyed. Eventually, the Gezerah is lifted, and they hang Haman. Since he wanted to hang Mordechai, they hang him. And the Jews gather in all the cities, and anyone who wanted to kill them, they kill. And what happens when they kill? Asirat bin Haman, ben Hamdata, the, the ten sons of Haman, Sorer HaYudim, the enemy of the Jews, Haragu, they killed. But they didn't touch the spoils. So why didn't they touch the spoils? Because maybe they were making up for mess up with Agag. <laughs> right? So this is so and it talks about how many they killed. But Tomir Esther, Esther says, if the king finds favor, Now the, the ten sons of Haman are already killed. They're already dead. Why are they dead? Why do you, you need to hang them on that tree? Not only that, they're going to hang them on the tree with Haman. But Haman's been dead for 11 months. So you preserved his body so that you could hang Haman again on the tree with his sons? Or you kept him hanging on the tree for 11 months? Crazy. The Gemara asks, where is Haman in the Torah? So we said a number of times. It says in Bereshit, he says, he says, Who said to you that you're naked? Hashem tends to Adam and Chava. Hamin from the tree that I commanded you that you shouldn't eat from it, you ate? Hamin, Haman, same exact words. Gemaran Chulin says, 139b, it is really alluding to the very spiritual source of Amalek, from whom Haman descended. The Talmud refers to the tree of knowledge of good and evil as Ilana de Sefeka, the tree of doubt since it was a mixture of good and evil. So that's the whole idea. Within this context, we understand that the numerical equivalent of Amalek and Safek are both the same. Amalek represents the word Safek, doubt. Amalek causes doubt and hesitation, which cools the ardor of divine service. Victory in our inner war with Amalek means devoting ourselves to Hashem's service without reservations. So the antidote of Amalek was Naaseh Nishma. We do, no matter what. Amalek comes and presents, there's a reason not to do it. Are we losing all the light? None at all, apparently. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now we go to the Arizal. Chava has two children, Cain and Hebel. Cain's spiritual father is the Nachash. When the Nachash touches Chava, she leaves something, he leaves, it leaves something within Chava that comes as a part of uh, as a part of, uh, of the snake as a part of Cain uh, uh, so Cain has good from Adam and bad from the Nachash both Cain and Hevel bring sacrifices you can try to call downstairs both Cain and Hevel bring sacrifices Cain is very upset 
He's jealous. He kills his brother. The question is, where do we get this trait of jealousy and the ability to murder? It says, comes from the Nachash. The snake was jealous that Adam had the pretty wife. Remember we said that it was Adam was sleeping with his wife. The snake saw that Adam is sleeping with his wife. He wants to have her and he wants to, uh, he wants to kill Adam. So the snake really is the first killer. The snake was uh, an angel. Not, an, not a snake. Uh, not, right. Uh, nachash. So if he's not an, Nachash. Right. I mean, we call him Nachash, but it's a... So if he was an angel. It, it, it has to sort. have a physical aspect to right. it. So he's an angel of, who has a, a job to do. Um, so we, an angel really shouldn't care one way or the other. He's just supposed to do his mission. Where does this angel get the... Uh, um, instinct to do something not right unless you know it was put in him you know to have that option of choice I guess so in, in I think there's two aspects it's difficult because on the one aspect we say the Nachash is really the servant of Hashem and every time we're successful it's really the Nachash takes pleasure because the Nachash is testing us every time we're successful every time we're successful in overcoming the Satan the dark yes. side the, the Satan is, is happy why? Is happy. Yeah, why? Because he tested you. He tested you, and you overcame him. Okay. So he's doing his job. Okay. That's one side. Okay. The problem is the other side that says that at the time of the Mashiach, Hashem's going to slaughter the, the, the Satan. Why? Exactly. If the Satan is just an angel doing his job, why are you going to slaughter the you Satan? You don't need him anymore. Ah, but you're going to slaughter him because you don't need the challenge. But no, because everybody's going to recognize Hashem. There's not going to be like the uh, option of uh, somebody misleading you. But he's doing the service of Hashem. But you won't buy into anything uh, negative because. Oh, okay, okay. So is there an intrinsic be... evil in the Nachat? In the in this in this Samach Mem? Hello, Michael. Ma- That's Michael. Michael, yeah. uh, the main sanctuary. We need the lights on. <laughs> they just went off. Okay, now they're on. Thank now you. Now they're on. Thank now you. they're on. Thank you. No, no, no. Okay. So, so the idea of Samach Mem, this Samach Mem is maybe Hashem allowed into the system this, this aspect of, of evil at that point. Not that, only there, because there were other fallen angels. But those, that's different, I think. Those fallen angels are not... Those fallen angels are the ones when they... they those were the ones when it says, Nase Adam B'Salmenu. Hashem comes and he tells the angels, we're going to make man. So most of the angels said, are you crazy? Man's not going to be successful. And then what happened is when man starts to sin, those angels came back to Hashem and said, told you so, told you so. Mm -hmm. So Hashem says, do you think you would do better in a physical form than them? Mm -hmm. So those fallen angels, Mm -hmm. the two angels that Hashem challenges basically in the physical world. Did you say the two angels? Two angels. But there were multiple angels. No, there were two specific angels. Just those two big guys? Didn't you see Dogma? The movie. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, yeah, there was two angels. We have the name. I don't remember the names off the top. So they basically the two angels come to earth, and then they, whoa, they see women. And they're like, <laughs> overwhelmed. Wow. Right? And there's one girl in particular they see, and her name is Ishtar. 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 And they want her more than anything. And Ishtar throws herself to be killed and turns herself into a star or something. You know, she flies up. Or I don't know what happens. Ishtar who, who, is Esther. Is somebody... Ishtar is Esther later. 
Esther is Ishtar. Is it spelled Ayin Aleph? Ishtar is tough right Ish, like Ishtar is similar to Esther. That's the, the basis of, of Esther's name. Is the goddess Ishtar? There's a goddess from the Babel or whatever in the Ishtar. What's the name of the of the planet? And Marduk. Venus in, uh, in Hebrew. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Venus in Hebrew. I don't know. You know. So Our anyway, theory is Kochav. But but this the whole idea. Venus is something like something with Oneg, something with time. Something but basically, with... they fail because they can't control themselves with the women. They sleep with the women, and that's where we get the 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 children of the. Right, Benelim, and they're the giants, the Nephilim. Right. Why Nephilim? Because the women get pregnant, can't hold the babies, and they fall out of them and grow on their own. But that's from those two guys. But those two guys are different than Samach Mem. Samach Mem specifically has a purpose, but there's maybe Hashem puts into him this aspect in order to challenge that really becomes an aspect of, of the negative side. And that's really in one of the ways when we're saying that, that, that Eliezer is a tikkun of the Nachash. What do you mean tikkun of the Nachash? That means there is a tikkun of the Nachash. And maybe ultimately we have to do a tikkun of the Nachash. Anyway, let's keep going. So both Cain and Hevel, they bring sacrifices. Cain very upset, jealous, he kills his brother. Cain has the good parts from his mother's side and from Adah, the negative parts are from from Samachmem. Says the Arizal, Amalek, Haman, all the root of Amalek, the root of Haman, is all in the negative side of Cain. The negative side of Cain is what's Amalek. Yitro is the Kani, and that's why Shaul Hamelech goes to the Kani first. Kani is from Yitro. That's the good side of Cain. And therefore, since it's the good side of Cain, the Druze. Yeah, the good side of Cain, they're the ones that separate from them. So Amalek represents the bad side of Cain. I saw this, the Gemara Sanhedrin writes this way, that Timna, the future wife of Eliphaz, oh, that's who she is, wanted to join Abraham following as a concubine rather than live as royalty among her own people. I'm in the class, darling. Perhaps she learned from Hagar to do so, but this no. time Abraham rejected the offer. Who is this? Timna. Timna wants to be Abraham's concubine. Abraham refuses her because he didn't want another Hagar. Right. Okay. Timna was Esav's daughter. Watch you. No. No, she's not Esav's. She marries Esav's son. Well. Oh, so who was she? Just, it says with Timna, just as a woman. The result, Amalek, Eliphaz, and Timna's son, the future right. Jewish nemesis and most virulent source of anti-Semitism. Right. She marries Eliphaz. Now we hear the story of Eliphaz. Remember, Eliphaz is the one who doesn't kill Yaakov Avinu. He could kill him, he doesn't kill him. And Timna has this goodness about her, she wants to be with Abraham. But she can't be with Abraham, Yitzchak, or Yaakov, so she ends up going to Abraham's family. And she marries Yitzchak's grandson. Timna wanted to be with Abraham. Right. But he rejected her. Mm-hmm. So this is really based on the Gemara. It says, perhaps the problem in this marriage was not only the Choshech alone, means the darkness from... It says, but the fact that it was combined with the ore. Both Eliphaz and Timnah have a light, have a good side. But they also have the negative coming from Esav. Mm. 
Okay. So it says that maybe the problem is in you mixing good and evil, mm-hmm. which is the same way of the tree. It's the mixing of good and evil together. So exactly. So the, the mother, so Eliphaz was was from Timna. Maybe she could have been with Israel and ended up with Edom. So it says that she's like really in a way she's like Chava. She could have been with only Adam, but instead she was with first the Nachash and then Adam, or she was with Adam then the Nachash and then with Adam again. So, so there's the spiritual mixture within, and that spiritual mixture causes Cain. The same spiritual mixture causes Amalek. So there's a zechut in Amalek, and there's negativity in Amalek, more negativity than zechut, but something about Amalek. Is there? Yeah, but whatever it is, it's very big, though. It's not just. Yeah, imagine that they have such incredible power. Right, it's very big. It's. Uh... So when I originally learned this, Rabbi David says there were five types of Amalek. I, I don't understand what that means. Even five levels, five. Uh, five, five. Le- five levels of Amalek. He says, even among the Jewish people, there's Amalek. Amalek exists within the Jewish people. He says that anyone who's against the Torah has the concept of Amalek. Anyone who has a bad part of Kayan within them, the problem is we all do. Which means that within each and every one of us, there's a piece of Amalek. That's what it seems to me. Between all the Jews? I think every one of us has within us. When it tells us, it may be in a way telling us, destroy the Amalek that's within us. Where do we learn that there's um, uh, a part of Amalek in every? I, I've heard this said. Somebody used. To we're going to try to. We're going to try to. Somebody always explain. used to tell me. I always thought she was a little bit off. We're going to try to explain. She said, to, you know, that, you know, this like uh, leader in Israel who would say something really not good. He used to say Aloni, whatever her name, Shulamit Aloni. Sure. She's Amalek. Right. I must have heard a thousand oh, rabbis say. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was thinking. So I used to argue with her. I said, How do you know? The merits you, guy. What are you like? You can see the soul of the person. You can. I'm telling you, she's an Amalek, or he's an Amalek. Yeah, the Meretz, who was the head of Meretz, Yossi Sarid. Remember when he was, he was, they used to say Yossi Sarid was, uh, was Amalek. A hundred rabbis said he was Amalek. Anyway, but here's, here's the way I try to, I'm trying to understand it. So, it says that, so the concept of Amalek is the bad part of Cain that's brought into Chava by the snake. Now remember, all of us have an aspect of, of, uh, of Cain. Because we said the wife of Noah was the great-great-granddaughter of Cain. So since all of us descend from Noah, we all have a piece of Cain within us. Now, is it a good part of Cain or the bad part of Cain? Cain is responsible for the first murder. Shaul HaMelech, is he guilty of murder? The Gemara blames David. What's going on? So it says that within Shaul, the Arizal is saying there's, there's a bad part of Cain. How do we understand that? Shaul is the first king. The first. The first is Cain. So Shaul relates to Cain. Darizal explains, and I didn't understand exactly, he says that there's something in Rachel that relates to Cain, and something in Leah that relates to Hevel. And we could see even with, with Moshe Rabbeinu is in Hevel. The idea of Moshe and Hevel. He says that the descendants of Rachel have within them a piece of Cain, a negative side of Cain. And the way I could understand it was, it's like a vaccination. 
The only ones who could destroy Amalek are Bnei Yosef, Bnei Benyamin. Bnei Rachel, the only ones who could destroy Amalek. And you said something within Rivka relates to Hevel? Rivka relates to Cain. Le'ah relates... Sorry, Rachel relates to Cain. And and Le'ah relates to Hevel. Rachel, Cain... Wait, Rivka? No, no Rivka. Rachel. Rachel relates... I said Rivka? No, I said Rachel. Rachel, Cain, Le'ah, Hevel. Now, what he's saying, in essence, the way I could understand it, is there's an aspect of Cain within B'nai Rachel, which is almost like a vaccination, which is a piece of Cain's negative, which will allow them to overcome Cain and destroy them. Wow. Wow. Okay? That's big. That's big. But we could get sick from the vaccination. Right. That's basically what I understood in terms of what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. And I remember talking to the rap, my rabbi years ago about this, and he said the only way you could understand this is from vaccination. He said, I don't understand how they understood this 500 years ago, 200 years ago. He says, I have no idea how they understood it. He says, who could destroy Amalek? Her descendants are the one. We see when Moshe sends, who does Moshe send to destroy Amalek in the battle? Yehoshua and Yehoshua is from Yosef. Who does Hashem command to destroy Amalek in the war? Shaul. Shaul is from Benjamin. Is from Rachel. They have within them, and and when the Mashiach is going to come, who's going to destroy Amalek? Mashiach ben Yosef is the one who has to destroy Amalek. See, that's why Donald Trump. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, the northern kingdom, basically the northern kingdom is Cain, the southern kingdom is Azam. So you see here, it's, it's, so he it says, since Chava is responsible, wow. we need to fix it. Our obligation is to correct it. The chair, the Kiseh of Hashem is incomplete. Why? Because the snake convinced Chava and the result was Cain. So Hashem is incomplete why there's doubt in the world. There remains doubt. This eating from the tree is a mixture that allows doubt to be in the world. Hashem tells Shmuel, send Shaul. Remember Amalek. He was the only one who wasn't scared. All the nations were scared. He's the only one. He's the first of the Goyim. Just as Cain is the first, Amalek is the first. He's not afraid. Just like Cain wasn't afraid. He has the boldness of the Nachash. This is Amalek. So Amalek is the one who we make the Nachash, we associate with the Nachash. Remember, remember Esav, what does it say? Esav had on his leg either a, uh, a beauty mark or a tattoo of a Nachash. Oy. This is Esav. This is also in the Midrash. Yeah. So he says, Amalek's going to start the war. Remember the sin. The original sin was the snake touched Chava as a result of Cain. And as a result of the bad part of Amalek, he carries this bad part of Cain in him. This is Amalek. See Cain. He has difficulties understanding. After Hevel's sacrifice is accepted, Cain says, says, there's no judge and no judgment. What do you mean there's no judge? That's what he says. No judge and no judgment. Sounds like Amalek. Everything is just Mikra. Everything in the world happens. And that's why I think we read it in Vayikra, Vayikar. That's the difference from Moshe says Vayikra, but he doesn't want to say, Vayikra, Hashem's calling me. Vayikar, as if it's just a haphazard. Haphazard, whatever the word is. 
says, but here, the difference between Amalek and the... Amalek says everything is Mikra. B'nai Israel got out of Egypt. Ah, just coincidence. Nothing mm. real. He says that the whole idea of the power of Amalek is Safik. And that's why we always say Safik, Gematria Safik, Gematria Amalek is the same. Amalek represents Safik. So every, they say everything is coincidence. That's there. That's, that's Amalek. Amalek. Just coincidence. There's no Hashem. He's not judging the world. He's not ruling the yes, world. He doesn't care. Pasoko. Two minutes. Okay. Do, Sha- do, Shaul do, has a problem. Do, How could you do, kill do, babies? Do, do, do. Right? Even though he doesn't. Do, do, do. He okay. says he has a problem. How do you kill babies? The problem is... is with the Aleph. The yeah. Aleph is Hashem. He makes, and he makes the Aleph right, small. But the Aleph symbolizes Hashem. So if you believe that everything is coincidence, you don't you know can't Hashem. believe in God. And that's why he puts the olive small in the opening word of Vayikra. Because he wants to make it like he's nothing special, Moshe. Right. But it's, but it's, it's minimizing that, Hashem. Right. Yeah. So Shaul's problem is he doesn't understand. How can you kill babies? How could Hashem tell me to do this? The same, the same thing that we're having today. I mean, uh, if, if Israel retaliates on something... You know, massacre, genocide. Yeah, that was. But he says that. But he's saying that the problem is he has to realize that they're infected with a virus that destroys us all. That's what he's saying. They have a virus that could destroy all of us. They means Amalek, Haman, Hitler. They all carry this gene or virus of Cain. Who carried the gene of the Nachash? Who is Samachmem? Shaul yes, tells so. the Kani, separate. Why? Because the Kani represent the good side of Cain. We have to keep the good side of Cain, raise it. We have to eliminate the negative side of Cain. But what happens? Shaul has mercy for the wrong ones. And I brought the example of Nov because we see Shaul can get away with no mercy. So don't tell me you're just a merciful person. You screwed up. That's really what it is. Just like Cain, he argues initially. Hashem tells uh, Cain, where's your brother? Uh, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? What do you mean? He killed your brother. He says he self-justifies. He's guilty of this, the same as Cain. Shaul says, look, I did good. He argues. I did everything you wanted me to do. Why does he argue with the Navi? Because he also has the virus of the Nachash. It went into him. By not fulfilling, he got infected by Agag. And now he's lost. He's completely affected by Agag. And that's why he can't go on. <coughs> We're told you should remember. First mitzvah. Three mitzvot with Amalek. Remember. Don't forget. Which how could you tell someone not to forget? And wipe them out. We are the descendants of Cain. We are all descendants of Cain. So we have to do it because we have to look within us. Before Mashiach could come. We have to take the good part of Cain. The good part of Adam and raise it. We have to take the bad part of Cain, the snake, and destroy it. Rav Chaim Vital and Shara Gilgulim, he lists the people with the roots of the bad part of Cain. And you see that relationship in the Haftarah. So he's saying that in the end, Shaul HaMelech has within him the bad part of Cain. And that's why he can't go on. Because he couldn't overcome it. He had the vaccination in order to destroy, but he didn't overcome. He let it get to him. Cain dies, and when Cain dies, the image that the Midrash says is Cain is hanging between two worlds. 
the reason why Haman and his son have to hang is because they're representing this hanging between two worlds. What is hanging between two worlds? Good and evil, mixture, doubt, not fulfilled. He says that you're hanging them even though they're already dead. The ten sons of Haman are already dead. He says also the Haman is dead for all this time. What are you doing? So that the key really that Arizal says is to eradicate within us these five parts of Haman. Ah, you know what the five parts could be? Ah, it's very easy. The five parts is Mansapach. The power of the Nachash. The power of the Nachash is in Mansapach. What's Mansapach? This is the, is the end letters of the thing. Why is it that, that the power? Because there's no continuation. They're ends. So what we have to eradicate is those letters of Mansapach. We say that Lech Lecha was Abraham eradicating the, the negative power of the Chaf. We say that Mansapach. Uh, so the Mem was Yitzchak. The, each of the letters in Yosef was the was the pay, and uh, so we have we have Abraham Yitzchak Yaakov Yosef, and then we have the last one for us to do. But the Arizal hey, hey, is saying Mansa, that those are the Mansabah's Mem 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 Sofit Nun Sofit. Wait, Mem Sofit Nun Sofit Mansapah Sadik Sofit Pay Sofit Chaf Sofit. <clears throat> Which one? Pay? You got no, it. No. Okay. What's the, but if you, you... There's a... Um, Tzadik Sofit, you said? Yeah, Tzadik. What's the Tzadik Sofit? Huh? What's a Tzadik Sofit? Does it look like a Pay Sofit? This one, one that goes this way, one that goes this way. Okay. So this one is the Pay, right? That yeah. That goes this way, so this one goes this yeah. way. Okay. Okay. So you said like Mem, but was, sip, mem so, was which so, guy? So you go the other way. Chaf is the first one. Is Lech Lecha. Go to the Chaf. Abraham, he tells him, Lech, go, right, so Lecha, the to the Chaf, is Abraham. Right. The Mem is Yitzchak. Yitzchak always represents change. Mem always represents change. You have Mem, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 se'ah water in the Mikveh, Midbar, Mikveh, Maim, Mabul, all those are 40 change. The next one is Nun, is Shar Bina, is, Yitzchak, is Yaakov Avinu. And the Nun represents? Nun always represents Sha'ar Binah as the highest level of intellect. This is what Yaakov is. The the Sadiq is uh the Sadiq is the Sadiq. Who's the Sadiq? Yosef. Oh so wait, Sadiq yeah, Sadiq is Yosef. And the pay is left for the Mashiach. Or for us. But for us or the Mashiach. Yeah. Or and. Yeah. And or. So he says eradicate even parts inside us, the five parts. So I didn't understand what the five parts, I just remember that that's the idea of Mansapak. Those who attack, don't accept, or are showing that the gene is within them. The Mashiach is going to come, destroy Amalek. The bad part of Cain still exists, don't let them live as, you, as they may kill you as Cain killed Hevel. So that's what we also see with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu kills three people within his life. Who are the three people he's, he's fighting with? All those people represent the negative side of Cain. The Mitzri, he kills to kill that. The oak, second one, oak. no, the, the three parts of Cain are the Mitzri, the, uh, the, the next one is, uh, Bil- is, uh, is Balak, no, Bil- sorry, the next one is Bil'am, no, sorry, not Bil'am, the negative sides of Cain. The negative side is, the, oh, is the Mitzri, is Bil'am, and is uh, Korach. 
No. Did, did he kill Bilam? No. No. Pinchas, Pinchas kills Bilam. But who was the third side? Wait, this. Oh, three no, 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 all did not. Chopped them up. No, but all did not Kain. Third side of Kain. I just drew a blank. I know for sure it's the Mitzri. Oh, the third one is, sorry. Sorry. Three levels of Kain with Moshe. The first one is the Mitzri. Mitzri is the lowest level. That's why he says he looks kol vakol to see. And he kills him. The second one is, the second level is a higher level of Kain, and that's his father-in-law. Yitro, who's he, called Kaini. He didn't kill him. He doesn't kill him. Why? Because what was the fight between Kain and Hevel over the, thir- the third girl? Remember, Kain is born with one, Hevel right. born with two. So how does Ka- how does the Kani how does his father-in-law make up for it? Give give him the woman. He gives him the woman. He gives him the daughter, to be his wife. That's how he's mitaken Kain with Hevel. Did he know this when he was doing it? You think? Or? The third one is uh, Korach, and that's the fight between Moshe and Korach, and that's why Korach in the end of days will be mitaken. He becomes a Mashiach part of it. But he's so the Moshe third didn't level. kill Yitro. No, it doesn't kill Yitro. It's just those are three levels that yeah. were involved with. Those Moshe. are the three well, levels of Kain. Well, it's because Yitro appeased him. Right? Yitro appeased him, exactly. He made up, he was metaken Kain. Right. So it says that Kain is the Bechor. He's the first one. Shaul, the first king. But Kain's sacrifice is not accepted. Hevel's is accepted. Hevel is the second. Hevel takes over the position. And Hevel, in a way, is like David HaMelech. Cain is jealous. Someone else is taking over. Same as Shaul with David HaMelech. He throws a spear at him to kill him. David comes from Leah. Leah relates to Hevel. Rachel to Cain. Hold it. David comes from Leah? Leah, yeah. Yes. From Yehuda. Yehuda is Leah. Right. Shaul is jealous. He wants to kill him, but it's not his fault. It's insanity. Why does he have insanity? Because he has the genes of Cain, who wants to kill Hevel. Now he's totally infected after he doesn't do what he was supposed to do. Shmuel is crying all night. He thought Shaul could bring the Mashiach. He thought Shaul is the Mashiach. When he dies, David says the first Mashiach died when Shaul HaMelech dies. No, but, but in reality though, the role of Shaul was to prepare the, the way for David. But he yeah. had the ability. It doesn't mean he could not have succeeded. Okay. So he says he could have succeeded. The problem is his mercy was misplaced. That's Wow. Back to square one. Needs Hevel. Because you don't have, uh, you don't have uh, Kayin. So he says, it says, and remember, it's, what's interesting also is when we talk about Hevel, we talk about how beautiful he was. Because he's part of, of Samach Mem. He has the beauty of an angel. Hevel, when we talk about Kayin, Hevel is Havel Havalim. Nothing. You talk about Shaul HaMelech, what do we talk about Shaul HaMelech? How beautiful he was, how tall he was, how his shoulders above all the people, how he looked like a king. When it comes to David HaMelech, the prophet couldn't, eat, couldn't even pick him from all his brothers that he's the king. Right. So, so back to square one, you need Hevel. He says, this is David, your reacha, your friend, your brother is going to become your king. Shaul is the brother of David, Cain of Hevel. Yitro is the good, Amalek is the bad. Shaul should have done the job, did not. Till then, Amalek, and then we have Haman. Mordechai does a tikkun of Shaul. How? He's because they're against Mordechai, so he doesn't want to bow down to him. He's not going to give him anything. Mordechai is the descendant of. No, Mordechai is the yeah, descendant no. of Benjamin. He's the descendant right. of Shaul. Okay. He says Mordechai does okay. a tikkun of Shaul. The midrash says one Je argument: Cain did not want the Ben Hamikdash in the area of Hevel. 
Mordechai went to plead for the Bet Hamikdash. Haman needs okay, to prevent it. Mordechai needs to destroy the bad part of Cain, even within himself. Then Hashem is happy with us. I think that's the key message. The part of Cain within us. There's no name of Hashem in the whole Megillah. Why? Because Hashem is still not full. The same. Amalek is still fighting us. Kiyad al kesya. Mordechai needs to destroy the the Kayan within within us, us, the the Bnei Israel, the doubt within Bnei Israel. No one of Bnei Israel is fighting for the Ben Hamikdash. All of Bnei Israel are willing to accept that the why why is the whole Purim story happen? What was the sin of Bnei Israel that causes the Purim story? That they had a good time and good party. And what was at the party? Wine vessels. And Achashverosh was dressed as. The Kohen Gadol and the vessels were the vessels from the Ben Hamikdash. So if I'm going to the to, to his party and celebrating, I'm celebrating. There is no more Ben Hamikdash. I don't believe there's going to be another Ben Hamikdash. They were using the they used the vessels from the Ben Hamikdash. He's dressed in the clothes of the Kohen Gadol. This is a oh, Some people just like to go to a party. Yeah. But, yeah. but what, what you, but, like but Mordechai tells them not to go to the party specifically. Right. They go to the party, which means that there's no hope for them of Ben HaMikdash. Why is Mordechai in Shushan? Because he's coming to plead that we should rebuild the Ben HaMikdash. He's the only one hoping to get the Ben HaMikdash. Everyone else gave up hope, meaning they have doubt that Hashem is still in power. Oh, because also the time was such that, like, if you calculated... Like, but we could calculate it 70 years from the... No, the calculation of 70 years was from... I if know, you calculated from 11 years before, right. when Mordechai went out, then you would have been here. Right. But th- So that's why they had the doubt, because, the, they, you know, the right. people... Hey, guys, you know, the time passed, you know... That and that's why they had to realize you have to wait till Machar. They don't want to wait till Machar. Mm. So it says, Haman tries to destroy, and since every generation, the spiritual descendants of Haman try to destroy... Wiping out Amalek is never complete. Zachor, we have to read it from the Torah because the only way to fight the Satan is through the Torah. The Hatarah, the Megillah, they remind us of our job to destroy the bad part of Cain that's within us. The only oh, way to about fight, fight what? The Torah is what helps us to fight Satan. Anytime the problem, the rabbis tell us that if the Satan comes to get you, go run to the Torah. Go grab the Torah to read it. When the Mashiach comes, Hashem destroys the Satan responsible for the snake. What does that mean? Because we don't have the challenge. It says, the time of Geulah, Pesach is approaching, we're ready for the Mashiach, we prepare from Pesach, we read Zachod, we read the Haftarah, we read the Megillah, and it's for us to be able to try to wipe out within ourselves this aspect of doubt before we get to Pesach, because the only way we could be redeemed in Pesach is if we destroy the Amalek that exists within each of us. In today's term, Amalek is doubt, the opposite of Nasiv and Ishma. Our job is to eradicate doubt. I think this plays into the Vayikra versus Vayikar. Ta-da-da-da. That's a baby. Talking about calculations. Now, we were in Egypt for how many years? 210. 210. 